Welcome to The Scoop, brought to you by Indeed, your weekly dose of internal talent news from here and around the globe. So grab your popcorn and open your mind as I hand you over to our anchors from Tarpod, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Scoop. I'm Craig. And I'm Lauren. We are your Ron Burgundy and Veronica Corningstone of TA News, everybody. Yes, it is. And in a, in a great week for news, but also a great week for the industry. Oh, my God. Tomorrow is Ita's Day. Oh, we're so excited. We're so excited. Oh, my can't gosh. Wait. Can't wait. We are in sunny Sydney as we speak. We it is a bloody lovely weather. And anyway, let's get on with the news. We'll talk about that later. Okay, what have you got? Well, I've got a glaring disparity between pay rises for men and women, a recent survey. In In pay rises? Yes, in HR director. So the pay gap is slowly closing Mm. with all of the hoo-ha that we've got going on in the Uyghur reporting. And now that as of 2024, next year, the Uyghur reporting will be naming the companies and the differences in their pay gap. I love a good name and shame. I fucking love it too, my friend. But the disparity on salary increases in Australian men and women have contributed to this year's report difference as well. A survey from ADP has revealed that pay rises for women in the past 12 months average 4.4% and men average 5.7%. So that suggests then that the pay gap would be increasing. Well, I think because that's an overall, but mm. this is also an overall of the on average women only getting a 4.4% rise where men are getting a 5.7% rise. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, okay, when we're looking at pay gap, we're looking at people taking on new roles. But what we're saying is people who are currently in working doing their yearly salary review or whatever yep. – Guys are getting More a money bigger than increase. Women. Yeah. That's horrible. So it's despite the ongoing discussions we're having around the gender pay gap, the data is demonstrating that disparity is continuing with uh, as we go on. And, like, we've all seen those graphs where the minute you get out of uni, like there'll be like a one or $2,000 difference between a woman and a man getting paid, mm. and that, that difference just gets bigger and bigger, which these stats support over a period of time to the point now where we're $13,000 a year on average worse off than men. S-H-I-T. Shit. It's shit. Oh, it bloody shit. shit. Mm. Uh, it's really, really bad, actually. So I'm saying bring on the name and shame. Yeah. Hey, I've got one from Shortlist, and it's an update from a story oh, we had on this. earlier in the year. <laughs> Australia's unluckiest job applicant is ordered to pay recruiters. So we did cover this back in May, but there's been an update. A job applicant who became somewhat of a serial pest must pay $44,000 to a recruitment company after making a string of unmeritorious discrimination claims. So the Industrial Relations Commissioner in Queensland found that the recruitment company, uh, JM Group, and its recruitment manager incurred unnecessary expense as a result of the candidate's litigation, which there was also a waste of the commission's time. So um, she went on to say that having triumphed in the face of a candidate shakedown, it is just unreasonable that they be reimbursed. So um, poor old mate who took them to court over saying that he wasn't being considered for roles because of his Indian race and age um, and also for the recruitment agency making an unlawful request for information about him. But it was found that there were sound and credible reasons for seeking information and it reasonably determined that the candidate was less suitable than other applicants for the open positions given his experience. 
Interesting, but, isn't it? But this, that guy, though, he, I think that was his fifth or sixth claim for yes. discrimination. He Serial was, pest. He was using <laughs> discrimination claims as a source of income. <laughs> Yeah. It just goes to show, though, because, you know, we do understand that sometimes candidates um, can get a raw deal and even maybe, you know, have have a claim. But here you can't just start throwing stuff out willy-nilly and expecting people to fork up the coin. No, I agree. And unfortunately, some people seem to think that you can. Yeah. So that'll teach him. Exactly. Well deserved. Well done. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, This week, the same job, same pay laws were uh, introduced to Parliament. Let's see where that lands because as much as the government is saying it will affect a small number of workers – I'm saying let's watch this space because I think there's uh, it's way too sweeping, but we can get into that. Yeah. Let's see what happens I think in discussions Parliament. in Parliament will be to and froing for quite a while. Mm, um, I haven't got the numbers to get this through yet, so I think they're not going to get the numbers because, it's as I said, at first I was all on board for this, but I just assumed that this was about gender pay gap. This is not about gender pay gap. This is about trying to regulate the gig economy and the casual workers. Uh, it's, I think it's antiquated myself, antiquated views on a modern economy. But yeah. that's my point. Let's see what happens and I'm sure we'll have a lot more to discuss. We will, we will. Hey, Lauren, from Indeed this week, our sponsor, Ooh, Grumpy. Indeed. Grumpy staying. Really? (laughs) The great resignation or quiet quitting may have come and gone, but a new phenomenon is emerging in Australia. Grumpy staying. As companies start to issue return to office notices and mandates post-pandemic, a lot of workers are starting to feel the pressure. And according to a recent Indeed Better Work, Better Lives 2.0 global study, a staggering 69%, that's right, 69%, my favourite number of Australian respondents, What are you looking at me like that for? Uh, Unhappy in their current roles. They feel they currently don't have other options and need to stay in their jobs to safeguard their livelihood. In essence, these workers are doing what's expected of them and often the bare minimum. You know, to find out more about how businesses can tackle grumpy staying, the article is on the Indeed Content Hub lead and we have got it in the show notes. Well, isn't that interesting? Because I came up across across another article as well and this was a report done by Ben. Bamboo hire, ah. uh, the great gloom. It is titled "Employee Happiness is at an all-time low." So, employee happiness has plummeted to an all-time low as a new phenomenon called the great gloom hits workplaces hard. Very similar result, I'm saying here. So we've got the great gloom and grumpy staying. Yes, and they go hand in hand. Absolutely, I love how we've got to give a title so to everything. What it is is. The Employee Happiness Index or Employer Net Promoter Scores um, are basically saying they're plunging dramatically without oh, signs of recovering. Overall, June 2023 represents an all-time low for employee happiness, which was at its peak near the beginning of the pandemic in April 2020. Unhappy sectors here. Oh, here we go. We've got the healthcare uh, yes. se- sector. Overworked, underpaid. So a steep 40% decline. Um, in over the last few years, so that's pretty massive, mm. actually. Uh, and oh man, that's it's actually really, really big. And they're also saying, but this is what I don't agree with. They're saying the happiest sectors are finance, 
not-for-profit and tech, I don't think tech's very mm. happy right now. No, that's – yeah, let's look at that again in a couple of months. But even mm. – have they got any stats there for uh, the for unhappiness? Yeah, for podcasting industry. <laughs> <laughs> Are they happy or unhappy? I, I think it's a day-by-day <laughs> sort of thing, isn't it? Depends <laughs> on me <laughs> and Craig. Depends on what, how happy you yeah, are. Exactly. All right, next from me. Remote work isn't going anywhere and executives know it. This is from, I tell you what, Lauren, you'll be very proud of me. This is from the Harvard Business Review. La di da and all that. Remote work spiked during the pandemic from about 6% of full day works to uh, full days to more than 50% in 2020. Since then, it's steadily decreased. And in 2023, it's hovering at around about 28%. Many executives believe it's time to come back to the office. Um, CEO of What's JP do? Morgan real estate. We've just <laughs> has declared himself a remote work skeptic. Mark Zuckerberg has declared that engineers get more done in the office. And Google's chief people officer recently told employees that office attendants would factor into performance reviews. And even Zoom wants people back in the office two days a week. They don't want them to be using their own product anymore. <laughs> the only problem is not even senior management expects this return to office push to work. So from a survey recently from over 500 business leaders, the trend shows that business leaders expect fully in office people to further reduce whilst hybrid and fully remote will increase by 2028. So with that logic, are business leaders pushing for the back to work into the office to see where it lands? I don't know. It's it's so interesting because we we're talking about it every day. Even in you know even roles we're working on now, uh-huh. candidates will say, "What's the hybrid policy?" And um, the, the first thing employees will say is, "We prefer people to be in the office." So I I, I don't know where they're going to fall, but clearly leaders think that there's some more wiggle room. I actually think that hybrid is going to be the way forward for the majority of roles. Mm. So it'll be but there'll be there are going to be roles of- that in some companies, which we know some companies that they are one hundred percent in the office, and that's the culture that they want to achieve, and that's great for them, and that's what works for them. Everyone's going to have a little bit of a difference, but I think that the the one hundred percent remote role mm. is just not going to work here. No, and as the power moves from candidate to employer, employer to candidate, it's going to slightly keep changing. Yeah, the power dynamic will move up and down on that one quite a bit. All righty. So I've got one. L&D by AI. Workers say no thanks. No. So learning and development should be headed by humans, not Mm. AI. This is according to the Wiley Workplace Intelligence latest survey of 3,000 people across North America. According to the poll, 59% of respondents said they prefer an instructor, whether in person or virtual, to direct workforce development and training. And only 7% said they preferred AI. Mm. Well, I think it would be really difficult. If you were in a face-to-face class type L&D set up and you have a question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the majority, which is 87% of respondents, added that they want L&D content to be developed by a subject matter expert instead of AI. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with that because AI are learning off the subject matter expert. So That's right. I, you, you want that engagement. I, I, I agree with that. I, I'm a huge advocate for AI becoming more prevalent in areas where it can help. Um, mm. I'm not sure learning and development, except for online stuff, which is, you know, which is already yeah, set it, and it's, it's got, guided. It's got, I agree with you on that. There's certain areas where it's going to be good online, but then it's, you're not going to get rid of that 
interaction in a classroom where people can ask activities, ask questions, ask for more information mm. and get an elaborate and instead of pressing a button going AI generated, no, nah, that's not what I was looking for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, I think you're definitely going to have that for sure. But before, do you have anything else you wish to no, add? No, I don't. I've I got don't. one actually and Ooh. then we'll move on to events for everybody. Um, the inflation rate on yes. Forbes, okay. So at the end of July, our inflation rate here in Australia was sitting at 4.9%. percent mm. So that's actually pretty good. It's, it's lower. Right it was down, five point four in June, and it was six percent in May. So most economists had predicted that it would come down to five point five point two for the end of July, and it came down to four point nine. So we're ahead of the curve there. That suggests interest rates will remain They've, on hold. Yep, they're saying they're going to stay on hold for another month, um, especially if our in, our inflation is going to keep coming down, which I think this is something that we need to be, as recruiters, as talent acquisition people, we need to be on top of this. This affects what the businesses do and how yeah. they they estimate and how they predict what their forecasting is going to be for hiring, for their ad spend, for their marketing spend, for recruitment, mm-hmm. all of the above. And we all know this as leaders in our industry. But even if you're not a leader, if you're just somebody in there doing the day-to-day grind as a TA, coming up the ranks and getting there eventually, you need to know this stuff because mm. this is going to affect what sort of money people are asking for when you're going out headhunting, when you're going – so you've got an idea what percentage they're going to go up with and with mm. their salary expectations. It's also going to help you know what's going on in the economy and if your business is going to start scaling back, pairing yep. back, or are we going full guns blazing? I couldn't agree with you more. I think that um, basic economic knowledge in terms of those numbers, interest rates, mm-hmm. inflation, um, every TA professional should have them locked away and updated monthly so they know where – where the you know hit. where unemployment's sitting at. Yeah. You know where underemployment is sitting at. You should know these numbers. That I think that's more important than anything in the climate when the roller coaster that we've been on is just bloody insane. Yeah. Exactly. Like the last few years has been up and down like a goddamn yo-yo economically. So I think you to prepare yourself with what you're going to be doing, you need to know what's happening economically out there. So that's why I give you the boring stats, peeps. Mm. Should we move on to events? Oh, I think we should because it's the biggest TA event week of ever. It is. It is Ita's week. It's Ita's week. And oh, oh, oh! <laughs> I was and- trying to push the button there, everyone, but it wasn't really working. <laughs> and although Ita's is sold out... If you are around in Sydney after 11.30 tomorrow night, you can join us at the after party at the Columbian in Oxford Street. And Lauren and I both dare you to come along. Oh, I want you to. We dare you. I dare you. If you come along, you hit Craig up for a drink. <laughs> I'll be using your credit card. Um, <laughs> meetups. Sydney. Wait on. Wait on. Go back to the items there for a minute. Go on. How fucking excited are you? I'm super excited. A little bit nervous, a little bit pensive, um, but that's nothing that a beer or two couldn't take the edge off very, very quickly. Fair call. Fair call. <laughs> How are you? you you're... I'm, um, I'm in Sydney. I've made it this far. <laughs> Ask me tomorrow. Ask me on Thursday, everyone. Text me Thursday to see where I'm at. 
<laughs> but anyway, you, um, I've got a few more events too. So have I. Well, do you want to go first? Or you, do you go first. All right, I'll do the. I'll tidy up the meetups. Ooh, so you're obviously, good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wrangling cats. <laughs> Sydney meetup tonight. We'll be there. But you won't if you haven't got tickets because it is sold out. Um, but please stay close to Sydney because they do an amazing event and look out for the next one and register as soon and as you I can. And I would say that tonight after the Sydney event, there's, there's a lot of people in town. There's probably going to be kicking off in a bar somewhere. Mm. So just watch out on LinkedIn um, and the chat channels, everyone, because I have no doubt that there will be a bit of a kick on. Craig and I will not be at the kick on, unfortunately. All right. Okay, boss. If you see Craig at the kick-on, kick him out. <laughs> Brisbane Meetup, 28th of September at the Prince Consort in the Valley, starting at 5.30pm. Jump onto their site to register as soon as possible because that also will oversubscribe. It always does. Brizzy always gets on the on the lash. They do. They do. What do you got? Party. Well, I've got a few events as well. Now, ATC 2023, the talent community are coming together on the 22nd and 23rd of November. Woo! In, and that will be at Luna Park. So I had a quick look. There are some first-timer tickets, which is a really good value. So jump on and grab those. Um, there's still about 30 left. And that's how I got there last year, first-timer tickets, because uh, they are a bit cheaper and I'd never been before. And I've got to say, and I'll say it again, best event ever. Now, you can also win two tickets to go to ATC's really? Luna Park. Vervo, who is their headline sponsor, are doing a Tell Us what skill you would have with your BFF in the TA world in a zombie apocalypse. Mm. So get on there. I told you last week mine would be using Craig as the fodder. (laughs) And (laughs) that's why I run. But also we have got Hiring Success APAC 2023. Smart Recruiter Event. Smart Recruiter Event. It's the first one they've ever done for the APAC region. Mm. It's going to be massive. Now, it's the Art of Talent, Hiring Without Boundaries. It's the 14th of November. It's Sydney at the Art Gallery of New South Wales. Now, jump on to register. It is an invite only, but unless you put your hand up, you're not going to get a bloody invite, people. Make up what your title is and how important you are when you register and you might get an invite. Fucker, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> but also, that same week, you and I are the official podcast partners Ooh. for the HR L&D Tech Fest, which is going to be over at the ICC in Sydney on the 15th and 16th of November. What is this with all the events in Sydney? Unbelievable. Three days back-to-back conferences, you and I will be. So Ooh. that's over a 1,000 HR and L&D professionals will be there. Um, uh, it's going to be two days of learning, uh, networking, discussions, industry's best, always a lot of good HR and TA tech at that event. Mm. So you, we will be there. We will be podcasting. We will be interviewing. We are looking forward to it. And yeah, they actually wait. have a two-for-one offer for tickets at the moment. Perfect. So I suggest jump on and have a look at that. It's going to be a big week in Sydney that week. It is. Well, actually, it's a big And this month. week. This week's a big week in Sydney? Well... Sydney. And then November, just massive. Massive November. It's really two weeks of solid conferencing. But I've got to say, this week in Sydney, normally I would say at this point of the end of the scoop is stay classy, Sydney. But you know what, people? I know you're not classy when it comes to tomorrow night. <laughs> goodbye you know, from me, everyone. Goodbye from me. <laughs>